Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. If you came tonight to receive healing, let me see you in. All right. Now, I did not ask how many of you have come to get prayed for for healing because if you come to get prayed for for healing, that's all you're going to get is a prayer. But if you come to receive, then you get something. Mark 5, beginning with verse 25, is my favorite scripture, and I preach healing from this all the time. As Tony said, while you're turning there, Mark 5, 25, on your device. I got it here on my phone. I got it on my iPad, but I got it here already pay, cut and pasted on my notes, and I got it here in my Bible. You know, it's good. Now you can, you, got to, you can carry the Word of God with you all the time in, on your iPhone and different, even a whole bunch of different translations. But uh, Dad had said one time that I had a double portion of anointing, and he said with Craig, my son, I, his, his main thing is to preach his faith and healing and said that he had a he had a triple portion, and he that's what he does. He ends up, in fact, he's probably he's probably more like Dad than I am. <laughs> he's probably more like him as he grew up there watching his papa. All right, everybody found Mark five. If you haven't, I'll send Tony back, Pastor Tony back to help you find it. Just raise your hand. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things and many physicians and had spent all that she had was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I can touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned about in the crowd, and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see this multitude pressing in all around you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see the woman that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now this is an outstanding account of a woman that was in a desperate condition that needed healing. I want you to notice that she said, If I can touch his clothes, and she said, I shall be whole. All through this message, I want you to respond to me Anytime that I say, if I can touch his clothes, I want you to respond with, I shall be whole, and especially you that need healing. And she, the woman said, said, if I can touch his clothes, hey, you got it. You're, you're, you're quick. Now, I want you to go with me to this little lady's house. She is in a desperate condition. Number one, she's had a blood condition for 12 years. We don't know what it was. The Bible doesn't tell us. It just tells us that she had a blood condition. Number two, 
it tells us that she had gone to many physicians. I don't know how you operate over here, but I know in America, or USA, that people will go from one university medical center to another university medical center to another one to another one, getting another opinion, trying to get somebody to give them a different diagnosis, and all of them come up with the same, the same with this little lady. She had gone there to all, probably all of the, of the centers that she could go to there. And number three, she, the Bible says she had spent all she had. Now, I tend to reason that if she hadn't had very much to spend in the first place, why in the world even mention it? Hello, right? So she probably had quite a bit, but now she had spent it all. And now I want you to see her in your imagination. You know, the younger generation, uh, they, they don't have to imagine anything. It's on the television forum. But how many of you are of the older generation when we didn't have anything but the radio? And you had to sit around the radio and the same stories came on each, you know, each, each, each night. They have just like on the television. Now I don't know what stories y'all had over here, but we had different ones over there. But one of my my favorite, and of course, I'd get my little small radio, and I'd go back in the kitchen because my mother and my sister and my cousin that came to live with us when she was sixteen, uh, they didn't want to listen to it. And of course, Dad was always gone out preaching somewhere, be gone twelve weeks at a time sometime. My favorite was Friday night at the fights with Don Dunphy, sponsored by the Gillette Razor Blade Company. <laughs> Anybody ever heard, heard, heard of Gillette Razors? <laughs> They're still in existence today. But that was my favorite, from Madison Square Garden in New York. But they had all of these. And you had, if, if, if it was a show where there was a car squealing or, or a horn honk, uh, you know, uh, something, gunshots or whatever, you had to imagine this. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, I want you to put on your imaginer. Somebody said, that's not a word. Yes, it is. I just made it up. <laughs> but, and, 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 and now go with me. And see this little lady sitting in her house. She's sick. She has a blood disease. And anybody knows that life is in the blood. And anybody that has a blood disease, they get, they, they, they get very weak quickly and so forth and so on. And there she is, sitting in her house. Not knowing with every beat of her heart. Whether it would be the last or not. Not knowing. With every breath. That she pulled into her lungs. If it would be her last or not. Sitting there in that condition. She probably had some friends come by, like people, I don't know about over here, but in America, USA, people come by and say, well, now listen, dear. God's trying to teach you something. <laughs> Wrong. Or, this is your lot in life. You just got to learn to live with it. Wrong again. 
because sickness and disease is of the devil. Healing is from God. Now, it says, when she heard of Jesus. I don't know how she heard. It just says when she heard. I don't know whether somebody come and told her or whether she was sitting by her window and somebody walked by and, and she heard him talking about Jesus. But I know that she had to hear what Peter said when he was preaching down at, at, at Cornelius' house in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That tells you right there that sickness is from the devil. If you didn't have some other scripture, but we did. Now I want you to notice something else that people don't understand, and I always try to teach a little bit on it when I do this sermon, is it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. What we need to understand, that Jesus lived for 33 or 33 and a half years, whichever chronological report you want to use. If you've been to, you know, if you've been to Bible school like I have, you have, you took all those courses. And it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, what we need to realize that for those three or three, uh, 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 for those 33 years or 33 and a half years, he lived as an individual human being, man just like we are. He died as a son of God, but he lived as a man. If he was operating as the son of God, then he, Jesus, uh, the God would not have to anoint him. The God anoints us. And we need to understand that. And we need to understand the, his, his humanity and his deity. He laid aside his deity for, three, for 30, 33 years so that he could become the supreme sacrifice. You see, Adam in the garden was tempted and he failed. Jesus went into temptation and he defeated the devil and came out. And that's how come he, he that's, and that's why it tells us what we can do. I don't have time to do, do a complete teaching on that, but I want you to understand the difference between his, his, his humanity and his deity. And it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I want you to understand that when she heard of Jesus, she said, if I can touch his clothes. Something she heard caused her to go to Jesus. Something she heard caused her to say, if I can touch his clothes. Now, I don't know what she heard. She had to hear that he was healing or she would have never made that statement. The Bible does not say so, but there is a, and, and I don't want to get into any kind of discussion with anybody, but there is some uh, credence to the fact that she kept saying, if I can touch his clothes, now, she began to act on what she said. 
And it says when she came to Jesus. I don't know where Jesus was. I don't know how long it took her to get there. I don't know how she got there. I imagine she had to walk, though, because that was the main mode of transportation in those, in those days. And so there she is, weak, sickly, But she kept saying to herself, if I can touch his clothes. You know, now she finds Jesus. But when she finds him, she's faced with two problems. See, number one, you know what it is. There was a huge crowd there. But her second problem was her religion. Because she was a Jewish lady living under the Jewish law, if you want to know what it was, go back to Leviticus in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the first five books of the Bible. That's known as the Pentateuch. In Leviticus is where all of the law is if you, that they live by. If you go there, you will find that anybody that had a blood condition was not supposed to live with the general populace. In fact, if they even come close, they were to yell out, unclean, unclean, so that they could get away from them. And that person themselves was to move away from anybody. And there she is. She knows that Jesus is in that crowd somewhere. But now she has two problems facing her. One, does she dare go against her religion? Does she dare to incur the wrath of the rabbi for breaking the religious law? And secondly, she's weak, she's sickly, and she's got a crowd in front of her. How many of you have ever ha had to fight through a crowd to get to the front of the line or something, to get something? Man, you, you get, and, and if you, how many of you have ever just stood in a crowd and you get bumped into and pushed and ever, you know? You know, I, uh, we, when I, when I was traveling on the road in the motorhome all over, I was an evangelist for, from the time I started preaching, I was 18 till in 85 when the Lord told us to start the church. And we would go, especially when I was traveling with Dad as his crusade director, and I had the kids. And then after that, then we were traveling, uh, you know, and the kids were getting on up 8 and what, uh, 10 and 6 or whatever, yeah, four years apart. We would go to, and we'd have just uh, two, two days or so at, in between meetings, and they'd be, we'd be in one of, you know, where Disney World or Disneyland or one of the parks, and, I'd say, and they'd want to go, and I'd say, okay, we're going to see it today because we we're going to ride every ride that everybody wants to ride. And so I would say, okay, Craig, you, you grab hold of my belt here. Denise, you grab hold of Craig, and Lynette, uh, you in the back. And I went through the crowd, you know. I mean, I played American football. I know how to, I know how to knock people out of the way and... <laughs> lead interference for somebody 
But you have to wiggle your way through a crowd. You got to fight your way through a crowd sometimes. And here she is. She's weak. She's sickly. She's not supposed to be in the crowd in the first place. And I'm sure that her mind was saying to her, you're breaking the religious law. You're in trouble. But she kept saying, if I can touch his clothes. <laughs> and I can almost see her. As she hears his voice and says, oh, he's right over there. And she wiggles her way through the crowd. And she sees him. And she says, if I can touch his clothes. I can almost see her as she reaches out to touch him and somebody hits her and she falls to the ground. Now you say, why did I say that? Because one of the other gospels says she touched the hem of his garment. Well, if she's going to touch the hem of the garment that they wore in those days, she's going to have to be down around his ankles. Hello? That means, are you listening? <laughs> and with one last effort, as she's crawling on the ground, she says, if I can touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And she touches him. Something happens. Jesus says, who touched me? And the disciples said to him, what in the world is the matter with you, Jesus? Look at this crowd. I'm sure some people bumped into him accidentally. And then other people probably reached out and touched him out of curiosity. I don't know about over here, but we have our professional American football. And uh, we have basketball and baseball. And I have noticed that especially in the football and the basketball arenas, that when the guys run through the tunnel to go back to the dressing room, that people will be leaning over for the guys to slap their hand as they go by because if, and of course, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, which is an NBA basketball team there that we all follow, if Kevin Durant or Westbrook, who's the stars, if they touch their hand, then that's going to make those kids a better basketball player. But people won't get touch people out of curiosity all the time. And they said to him, what in the world, Jesus? What are you talking about? And he said, but virtue, or actually the Greek word is dunamis, dynamite power. Power went out of me. And then the lady came and told him the story that we've read to you. Now, I want you to notice something very interesting. He said to her, Lady, your faith has made you whole. But I thought he said power went out of him. He did. Now, I want you to not go there, but in Luke 5, it says that the house was full and four guys brought a man to be healed on a stretcher, we would call it. And they couldn't get in. But the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. They took him up on the roof and let him down. And, G and it says when Jesus saw their faith, he told a man to get up and walk. 
In Mark 10, 46, we have the story of blind Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus screamed out, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. He screamed at one time. They told him to shut up, be quiet. And that was a normal scream. But if you will study it, you'll find out that the second time that he screamed, it was an animalistic, like a person crying for help, screaming from the top of their lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And Jesus stopped, said, come to him. The very people that was telling him to shut up are now saying, oh, Jesus, won't you? Come on, come on. And Jesus said to him, what do you want? Barnabas said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, your faith has healed you. Now, there's some connection here between the healing power and faith. Because he told the lady, he said power went out of me, but he told the lady, your faith healed you. It says there in Luke 5, it says the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but only him got healed. And it says when he saw their faith. Now, I'm going to step back here to this keyboard for a minute, and I trust it's still on. <laughs> my, my people knew that. Now, I stepped back here, and I noticed that the light is on. All these red lights are on. What in the world is the matter? Look, it says that everything is on and the power is here, but there's no sound. Oh, wait a minute. There's a little switch here. When I activate that switch, you get sound. When I turn that switch off, even though it says the power is here, there is still no sound. That's what faith is. The power of God is present everywhere all of the time to heal. But it's faith that activates it. You see, these lights are activated by a switch. You come in here and it's dark. You don't say, well, I guess the electric company's not working. No, you hit the switch and activate it. She said, if I can touch his clothes. And he said to her, your faith has healed you. It says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them but only him got healed. Why? Because of faith. He said when he saw their faith. He said to blind Bartimaeus, your faith has made your whole, his, you whole. See, his faith, wouldn't, they couldn't shut him up. They couldn't keep him from come, calling out to Jesus. And he saw his faith. That faith. Faith is what, well, the power of God is present anywhere you are anytime. You don't even have to have anybody lay hands on you. All you have to do is activate that power with faith by believing and receiving. Tonight, if you come to receive healing, I'm going to lay hands on you. When I do, the power of God will be there. How do I know? Well, the, in 
March of 1977, Patsy was there in part of the faith creation in Fort Worth, Texas at Calvary Assembly there. We were praying in the back room. I was down here. The group was over here. There was a young man by the name of Mike Miller. I was praying. The Lord began to tell me tonight, and, and that was 77. I started preaching in that when I was 18 and 58. Now, I had laid hands on the sick and prayed for them just like anybody else can because believers can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The Bible says so. But in 1 Corinthians 12, there is a special anointing, one of the gifts of the Spirit for healing. And the Lord told me, he said, I'm going to start using you tonight in gifts of healings. Almost, just as he said that, Mike started prophesying on the other end. Was it Alfonso? I thought it was Mike. Thank you, Patsy. I've been saying Mike all these years. Thank you, it's Alfonso. <laughs> Alfonso. He started prophesying, and he said to me almost verbatim what the Holy Spirit had just said in my heart. I went out that night, and I preached a, I preached a message called Commanding Power. We prayed for the sick, and they were healed. And from then, from then on, I prayed for the sick like that since 1977. Then in, uh, in the mid-'90s, I was praying, getting ready for the healing service at the camp meeting because Dad had turned it over to me. And uh, the Lord, I began to feel something in my hands. And I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, that's that healing anointing. It's always been there, but I'm going to let you feel it. Now, when I lay hands on you, that he, if, you, if, you fa if you reach out with faith and take it, it'll go into you. If you don't have faith, if you stiffen up, it comes right back out. I can't make you take it, just like, but your faith will activate that power. It will be your faith that will activate that power. Some people are concerned about whether they're going to fall or not fall, because you see people falling, you see people stagger back. Somebody said, well, what, what's all that all about? Well, let me tell you what. I can tell you what it's about. It's about the natural coming in contact with the supernatural, and one of them has to give, and it's sure not going to be the supernatural power. That's all what it's all about. Hey, don't be concerned. If you fall, you fall. If you don't, you don't. If you stagger, you stagger. If you don't, you don't. None, none of that outward of manifestation will heal you. It is the anointing of the power of God. But what happens is that people just receive the anointing, and that's what... Some, some kind of physical manifestation is usually there. So the thing about it, when I lay hands on you, well, I want you to say, tell you, I take it, I take it, I take it. Just grab it. Don't be praying and begging God because he, he, he's already done all he's ever going to do about healing you. When he took his straps on his back, he said, if you would believe, you would receive. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, 
please visit our website at rhema.org.au.